Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. You're listening to The Fan Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, I am Will Dykstra in studio today on this glorious Saturday morning here in Colorado. Sun is shining. It is definitely summer in Colorado. Guys, I'm very excited to be in studio today. We have got a great show lined up. Uh, a lot of great guests we got coming on, and we're hoping here in this first uh, segment to be joined on on the uh, on the water. And it actually sounds like we got him on the line right now. We're going to have Mads Grossel from Savage Gear, the mad scientist, if you will, of the lure industry, who is just creating some incredible lures that are definitely changing the catch rate and definitely changing the game in the lure market. So, Mads, how you doing today? All is good. We just finished a little morning session here for Snakehead. So that was really, that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Now, Mads, you're in Florida right now um, preparing for the largest fishing convention in the entire world that we got coming up this week. And I'm going to be down there um, hanging out with you guys in the Savage Gear uh, display at ICAST. And we have got so many awesome things that we are excited about that we're doing at Savage Gear that is definitely changing the game when it comes to fishing. I mean, and it's kind of funny, you know, people say, well, it's fishing. You, You don't need to reinvent the wheel or anything. And basically... I'd say in the last four to five years, Mads, you've kind of come up with a new program with Savage Gear that is literally mimicking right down to every last detail what all fish are eating. And it it doesn't matter what it is, what species it is. You know, basically, you've tailored each and every lure that Savage Gear is making to mimic something to a T. You know, whether it's, I mean, and it's with technology, really, with 3D lifelike scans. And we've got some awesome stuff that we're excited about this year with Savage Gear. Yeah, it's uh, this new big move here in America. It's uh, really exciting. Um, like yesterday, we went uh, offshore fishing. Uh, we did a lot of saltwater stuff. We were fishing with a new swim squid, and we were catching just just about everything out there. It was so fun. And then today, we went in the channels, uh, fished the frogs, and um, a new spinner bait that I'm working on. And that just turned out to be real good on that them big snakeheads. That's awesome. That is definitely a you know being in Colorado here, um, snakehead isn't something that's on our list of fish here, and that's definitely a bucket list fish for me. It just looks like a, an absolute uh, blast to target those fish. Now, me being uh, you know more of a freshwater angler, and, and you know I make my living uh, guiding fishermen, you know all week long on freshwater lakes and particularly particularly uh, chasing big predators, northern pike, uh, big lake trout, big rainbows and browns, walleyes, that kind of thing. And Mads, you know, that's kind of how Savage Gear started was kind of with that pike emphasis. And, and you being from Denmark and Europe, you guys have some of the biggest pike, if not the biggest pike in the entire world. You know, so you have these fish literally at your fingertips to try these baits on that you're making. And basically, it has changed the game, not just in Europe, but worldwide. Yeah, you can say uh, we were lucky to be, you know, part of this modern uh, revolution on predators we're fishing that, you know, we kind of pushed that through Europe. About 15, 14, 15 years ago, uh, predator fishing wasn't that 
it wasn't that big a sport. People were still fish with live baits and dead baits and everything. And we really wanted to push this modern lure fishing with crazy swim baits and, you know, our big baits. People laugh a little bit at the big baits, but I think you've seen what it's done to your fishing. And Savage Street kind of progressed out of that group of crazy anglers who wanted to make a change. And uh, we just kept at it. And, and we're in 42 countries now. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's crazy to think of the growth that Savage Gears had, but also, you know, from a company standpoint, but also to see where it's come from the lure design. And you know, seven eight years ago, when the hard foreplay and the soft foreplay had been kind of introduced to people here in the U.S., we didn't think it got any better than that. I mean, it was that's as realistic as it gets. And basically what you've been able to do is take these designs and take them to the next level. You know, so much to the fact that we have a version two hard foreplay coming out that is, I couldn't have imagined a bait being better than the first version. But, uh, you know, we're excited to have that lure at our fingertips here soon and just a lot of awesome things happening. You can look forward to the foreplay V2. Um, you're right, that was one of our big, you know, our big first success swim baits. Uh, but I always wanted to redesign it with the swim and jerk, getting a little more grip in the water so that it kind of, it really cuts like a knife in water. It, it's really cool to fish with, and you can make all sorts of stops. Um, the profile of that lure in the water is just amazing. With the lip lure, I always thought the old version was good, but I wanted to make a change. I wanted to make it floating so that when you crank it down and you got your, your trace in front of the, the lure, it will actually sit suspending in the water. And you know that foreplay action that always looks over its shoulder when you make a spin stop. You do that with a new lip lure, you're going to be amazed. That lure just gets fit. Absolutely, you know, and, and me, uh, I'll speak firsthand. You know that for the hard foreplay, the first version put so many huge pike in the boat for for customers of mine here in Colorado. You know, pike that are pushing that thirty pound mark, you know, which is just a giant fish. And to think that we're going to have something that's going to be an improvement on that is just really exciting. Now, Mads, you kind of talked about it. You, you know, you're making some big baits, some you know, some baits that people think you know are kind of a, a joke lure, if you will. But the reality of it is, is big fish especially big predators like like pike and muskies, big lake trout. I mean, they're eating big prey. You know, we're talking, I've had lake trout cough up 24-inch brown trout after they've eaten, you know, a 10-inch uh, swim bait. You know, people are thinking, well, why would it be eaten? But the reality is, is these are predators and they're opportunistic feeders and they feed on big bait. So what's one of the new big baits that you have that you're excited about talking about? Well... I mean, that whole big bait thing came out of uh, us being so many hours on the water, and we were catching good fish, you know, don't get me wrong, but we wanted to just catch the giants. So we just realized, going bigger, 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 uh, those big fish that, that hang pelagic on the bigger reservoirs that we fish, they're not going to travel to the surface or the 8-inch lure. So the 16-inch that everybody laughed about, you know, we caught more big pike on that than on anything else. And last year, I decided to say, okay, let's push this to 20 inches. And I had so many times I had a small jack uh, at the end of the line, and I would see a real big bite come and eat that. But very, you know, very often would you lose it because the hooks, you know, you can't set the hooks like that. Oh, yeah. So I decided, let's make the most realistic 20-inch uh, swim bait, 40 pike, with all the printed details to swim like a real pike and make it line through. So that's what I did this year. Absolutely, and something that's, that's something that people don't, you know, people say, well, why the line-through system? And, you know, it's really simple. When we're, when we're talking about a big, heavy bait like this, it's, you know, upwards of 16 ounces. 
that is a lot of weight. And, you know, when we're talking about a fish that's got it in its mouth, and what do these fish do when we're fighting them? Typically, they come to the surface, they head shake, trying to throw that lure out of their mouth. And oftentimes, you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard musky fisherman, and in the past, we're fishing these big 10-inch wooden jerk baits, and all those fish have to do is get above the surface and shake it loose, and you're going to end up losing that fish. But what this line-through system has done that you pretty much pioneered has basically eliminated these fish from having an opportunity to toss that bait, whether it's a big bass, whether it's a big pike, a muskie, you know, this line through system, and, and it's kind of translated into a bunch of different lure lines, um, you know, with, like, with, your, with some of the sand eel uh, stuff that you've made for, for some coastal trout. It's crazy to think about the fact that we don't have to worry about these fish jumping and losing them while they're jumping. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably the biggest game changer for me. Uh, and uh, we just realized, you know, we tried beefing up the hooks, even big J hooks just got straightened, you know, got a 30 pound pipe. Um, sitting in the temperature climb, you get it to the surface, the water is hot, and she's just going to go airborne. And if you've got a pound of lure sitting on the treble or even at the 6X, it's just going to straighten. So as soon as we got into that line through system, it just, we just landed every single fish. We haven't lost a single fish after we got into this. And the bait lasts a lot longer. It's better for the fish, too. Um, so all in all, I think that line through system really helped a lot of people to catch their new record fish. Absolutely. There's no question. And it has undoubtedly been a game changer for me and for a lot of anglers here in Colorado, so much uh, to the fact that we have a hard time keeping lures stocked on the shelves because uh, everybody wants to get them. Now, Matt's one of my favorite types of fishing, and I think a lot of people would echo this, especially because now here um, in Colorado, it's summertime. We're starting to see that topwater style um, of fishing really being the way to go. Uh, and I know you've got some exciting things from the topwater side with yeah. Savage Gear coming I, out. I know what you're coming at here. So, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of like to have a little fun making the lures. And I think that's also basically in Europe, we're not gaining any more anglers. So, to make Savage Gear try to help more young people get into the fishing, we got to make some fun and cool stuff. You already know that we did the suicide duck with the spinning feet, we did the bat, the crawling bat last year. So this year I wanted to do a snake. So I really went far to get all the details perfect on a snake. And it's an adder that I scanned and got all the details perfect. And you got this amazing S-curve topwater action. So that's new for ICAST this year. And that's something that we're excited. You know, like I said, everybody's going to get a lot of a lot of video action of this baited ICAST coming up this week. And also, you know, there's been some videos flo- uh, floating around social media. And the reality is, is you know, these fish are, are opportunistic feeders, so they don't they don't really discriminate what it is that's swimming in the water. If they can fit it in their mouth, they're going to do it. And I can say this as somebody that lives in Colorado. It's not necessarily the warmest climate, but we definitely have snakes uh, that hang out around our bodies of water. And I can't tell you how many different times I've caught, whether it was a bass, um, a pike, a tiger muskie, um, where they've actually had a snake in their mouth. And it kind of freaks you out when you go to unhook them and you see a little head sticking out of their throat. But what it is is those fish will literally eat anything they can get their mouths on. And the cool thing about it is I'd say it's not something that they see every day. So it's kind of a... Uh, unique opportunity to throw something that these, that these fish haven't seen that has some killer action, and I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure we're going to have some pretty explosive strikes on it. I, I, can, I can tell you, it's a lot of fun to fish with it. If you watch the videos I did this spring, I mean, that was just insane topwater action. There's uh, 
that early morning spell, you know, just the first sunlight where top waters, you know, in the shallow bays and the canals just work so much better than anything else. And then just in the dusk and like one hour into the dark, I had some amazing fishing with the snake. Um, I put quite uh, loud rattles in the front part of the body, so you can actually hear it clicking when it comes in. And then it's quite unique cable joint, the tail section, so it's really, really lively. You know how difficult it is. It's a 12-section lure, and to get that swimming like a real snake, it's real difficult. So this was a challenge, but I love doing this stuff, and it's fun. Absolutely. Now, there's one other topwater lure that I'm really excited about that's uh, you know, going to be hitting the U.S. here, and that's the smash tail. And I'll tell you what, yeah. I absolutely love a prop-style topwater bait. It is so effective in so many ways. And, uh, you know, Mads, we actually talked a little bit about this in the design process. And, and talk about what you did with the tail of this smash tail. It's an inline prop-style bait with a tail-spinning prop to make it have a unique sound that really it's different than every other tail-spinning topwater that's out there. Yeah, you know, you can say this is far from our idea to make these prop baits. There's tons of them, and this is like a 50-year-old design, and everybody, you know, is claimed to be the father of it. So basically what we did, we tried to make it louder uh, by adding a little metal rivet um, in the semi-soft prop. So even at slow speed, when that metal rivet falls, it kind of makes a unique sound. And basically, you were the one that pushed me in that direction to get find out a way to make that sound louder than the others. And, you know, that would even, even help that spin. And it actually worked. Uh, it worked, and it's, and it's a completely different sound. You know, buzz baits, it, it, buzz baits have been around forever, too, and, and it's amazing to see the difference when you have a clack-style uh, clack buzz bait to see how that changes your catch rate. You know, it's something the fish aren't used to hearing, and when you do this and change, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a sound they're used to hearing as far as the prop sound, but when you add something just a little bit different, especially when you're talking about pressured fish, they're going to yeah. go nuts for it, and that's what we've done here with Savage Gear with this smash tail, and I cannot wait to see the response that we're going to get from anglers as well as the fish with this thing. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think this is going to be successful. And also another thing I wanted to add to that bait um, is that you have the inside flash paper and you have the outside loose tail. So when you retrieve it, the, the prop tail makes it vibrate a little bit. And so the whole body is shaking and it makes a big bow right in front of the head. And then you have all these little... Uh, micro shine that comes out from that inside flash paper just looks amazing. Yeah, and, uh, it, we've got a full spread of colors. I think we're up to about twelve colors that we're going to do that I cast, and then we have three sizes. That's the and, and I'll tell you what, Mads, just to, to let you know from this past week, we've been catching large trout on these baits, guys. Uh, while pike fishing, and this lure is not just going to catch the big predators. We're talking about catching big rainbows, big browns, even big lake trout on a bait like this. And again, it's because it's got that unique sound. It's got some extra flash and also a little bit of that wobble from that bowed head. Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to do. And if you look at most of the other prop baits that is all in the market, they're all great, but they don't have as much detail as this one. You see the fins, everything that sticks out. So the profile of that bait just looks like a bait fish. Absolutely. And that's something, you know, there's so many fishermen, especially in the U.S. here in North America, the sport is growing and these fish are educated and tiny details like this 
definitely change your catch rate and are definitely going to put more fish on the end of your line. Uh, Mads, we're kind of coming up at the end of the, or the, on a break here. Thank you so much for joining us from Florida. We cannot wait to see uh, what's going on this week on I, uh, for, at iCast. Where can people follow you on, on social media as far as seeing what's happening at iCast? Well, we got a, you can go to Instagram. Uh, we have a Savage Gear official on Instagram and on Facebook. You can go to our main page, Savage Gear, or you can just go follow my personal page where I kind of put all of the under-counter stuff, all the fun stuff. That's on my own page. Just look up my name. Perfect. All right, guys. So we'll put that on the website today, Mads' name, so you guys can, can check it out on Facebook and see all these awesome videos. Mads, thank you so much for taking the time to join us from Florida today. Looking forward to seeing you this week. You're more than welcome, and see you later this week. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Thanks, Mads. Thank you. All righty, guys. That was Mads Grossel from Savage Gear. Like I said, some awesome stuff that we're going to be introducing this week at ICAST, and it is going to be a game changer, especially for us here in Colorado, from the top water side of things, as well as some of the new swim baits that are coming out as well. All righty, guys. You're listening to the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show on 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage Special Circumstance Lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are Back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s. MySpecialMortgage.com on the web, 303-790-2222. The phone number, SCL Mortgage, licensed by the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, number 1200716. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. You're listening to 104.3 The Fan, the outdoor show here. I'm Will Dykstra in studio today. It is a beautiful Saturday morning to be outdoors in Colorado. Cannot wait to uh, get to that after this awesome show that we have going on today. And I have uh, a great guest on the line, Michelle Subert from Bar Lake State Park. Michelle, how are you today? Good morning. Good. How are you today? I am absolutely fantastic i i'm a summer guy i love summer uh here in colorado we have so many opportunities to get outdoors and you know i michelle i feel like almost every time i i'm hosting the show i end up having you and you know we can't say enough about what's going on at bar lake state park but also right now we have something really cool happening at our state parks Yes, we do. Well, today we actually have our kite festival, and it goes from 10 to 2. Kids can get a free kite. We have a kite expert with some really huge kites. If we get some wind, those will get up. But that's from 10 to 2 today. And then next week we have Lake Appreciation Day. It's a great community event. It's from 8 to 3. Um, 8 to 11, we'll have volunteer projects. Then after that, we're going to feed everybody lunch. They'll get a free T-shirt. And then in the afternoon, we have fun activities, canoe lessons, archery, climbing wall, jumping castle, and it's all free. Your park entry is free. You can come out and enjoy Bar Lake um, Lake Appreciation Day, which is next Saturday, July 14th. Now, Michelle, as far as Lake Appreciation Day goes, is this just something that's happening at Bar Lake, or is there a Lake Appreciation Day happening at all these other state parks as well? Well, you know, it is Lake Appreciation Month, so there are lots of other activities at other um, state parks as well. You can go to our Colorado Parks and Wildlife webpage and learn about the other activities, but July is Lake Appreciation Month, so we're celebrating all over. 
Awesome. There's so many cool things that Colorado Parks and Wildlife are doing, especially from the state park side of things that are getting you outdoors, getting your kids outdoors. And everything that Michelle just said, as far as, uh, you know, some events that are going on or some of the activities that are happening out there at Bar Lake. This is when you need to get your kids outside off the couch and get outside and be active and do things in the outdoors. I mean, there's it's a hands on experience. You get a chance to learn archery. You know, and they even got a jumpy castle if you got some smaller kids out there so the, just some awesome things happening again and it's kite day out there or it's kite today's kite day you said michelle yeah today's our kite festival so kids get a free kite we have a face painter and then we have a gentleman from colorado springs that's um, flying the really big kites we're just hoping for a little bit more wind the only day that there's not wind is when we when we plan a kite festival yeah of course <laughs> that, that's how it goes but i'll tell you what uh a word that you said a whole bunch throughout this interview so far has been free and that's you know guys this is something you don't have to come out and worry about spending 40 50 60 bucks on stuff just to have an activity this is what our state parks are for get out there get outside and, and partake in some of these activities that are gonna you know eventually turn into long-lasting activities for your family and hopefully become traditions as well for sure you know and bar lake is just a short day trip we're just 25 minutes east of downtown denver and we're right off of i-76 in bromley and brighton so you can come out here for the day and it's just a short day trip we have picnic areas we have fishing we have our archer range we have over 371 different bird species that have been sighted here so it's a great place to come outside and just enjoy the outdoors so basically, if you're going out to Bar Lake, you need to pack a bunch of things, whether it's binoculars or a fishing rod, because there are so many things to do out there. And do not miss out on an opportunity to get yourself or your kids outside. Yes. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Look forward to seeing you again when, when I'm out there the next time. And thank you so much for all you do out there at Bar Lake. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. That was uh, Michelle Subert from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. She's out there at Bar Lake State Park. She is absolutely as passionate as, as as someone can get about a state park. And she definitely shows that in the programs that they have going on out there. Guys, uh, we're are we bringing on Ray Reeves? All righty. Ray, how are you today? Doing well. How are you doing, Will? Good. So uh, I got Ray Reeves on the line from Adventure Camper. And Ray, I've already said it a bunch today. I love summer. Summertime is what I was bo- uh, born for. I love fishing. I love the warm weather. I love getting out in the water. And this is a great time of year for you guys as well over there at Adventure Camper. Yeah, it's uh, the peak of the season, obviously. Um, we've got rentals available on any of our travel trailers or pop-ups. Uh, it, July is getting pretty well booked up, but uh, we've still got some room available here and there. So if you're looking to rent a camper during July, we can help you out. And we've got some great sales on purchasing a new camper. Um, now's the time to get a good deal on one. So, yeah, we've got that as well. So, so Ray, I... Kind of walk me through this. You know, say I'm in a pinch and I, or I, I'm checking the weather and I decide, you know what, I don't think for the camping trip next week that I need, that I want a tent camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have, I have three kids. Uh, everybody knows me. I have three boys, six years and under. Um, we're busy. We're crazy. It, it's out of control. But, you know, sometimes tent camping is a real challenge and it ends up being a ton of work. And, and when you come home from camping, it's exhausting. You're exhausted. And I'll tell you what. 
what do people need to do? Uh, you know, kind of walk us through the process of go, of going to Adventure Camper. Can we do this online? Can we reserve stuff online? I mean, what do we need to do to reserve a camper? You, you absolutely can reserve online. Uh, but if you're an old school guy like me and you like to talk to a human, uh, obviously we can help you with that as well. But we we take care of all of it for you. We take the the thought out of it. So, for instance, if you're if you're renting a travel trailer, we include a weight distributing hitch with sway control as part of the rental. So it's the best and safest way to tow and keep your family safe and you don't need to have a lot of education we take care of all that for you and then on the day of your pickup we give you a thorough walkthrough orientation to make sure that you know how to use and operate the camper and make your trip go well you see and that's and that's what i'm talking about you know especially you know once you throw kids into the mix and it, and it becomes you know just making sure everybody's comfortable uh you know being in a camper can be can make or break a camping weekend and again you know our goal is to you know, get our kids, get our family outdoors as much as possible, uh, because I personally feel like there's a shortage of that going on right now. And, you know, to me, some of the worst things you can do is make a a camping experience miserable for your kids, and then they won't want to do it again. They'll want to stay home, and you say, hey, we're going camping in the mountains this week. They'll think, oh, I didn't sleep good. I was wet the whole weekend. (laughs) I was uncomfortable. You know, the reality is we love spending time outside, and when we're camping, like, we're going to be outside. But knowing that uh, when it gets dark and it's time to go to bed, sleeping in a place that's going to be dry, uh, comfortable, secure, you know, is definitely something, especially for those of you that are out there with young kids. Absolutely. And you just hit it. You know, no matter how much you like to camp, uh, we've probably all spent a weekend in a cold, wet tent. And that that takes a lot of fun out of the trip. So having a nice, warm, dry spot to cook and eat and sleep, um, it can really make the difference on having a good trip or a not as good one. It's funny you say that because I remember talking to a friend one time when we were on this big family camping trip. He said, you know, I don't understand why we work so hard to go camping and we come home exhausted, just to have to go back to work the next week. Now, I, I, I got to rent a camper next time we do this because this is just too much work. And the reality of it is, is it allows you to spend more time and not have to worry about, you know, spending an hour, hour and a half pitching a tent. And it could be windy. It could be uh, rainy. You know, this way you do this camper uh, setup. It's definitely the way to go and definitely makes your camping trip a lot more seamless. You bet. You bet. And we're here to help. So, our, yeah, our, give our, us a call, and we can get you taken care of with a rental or a purchase. Great. So, uh, Ray, what's a good way to get a hold of you guys? We are at www.adventurecamper.com uh, on the web, 303-680-3670 by phone. Or if you want to come by and see us today, we're here until 4 o'clock. We're near the intersection of Arapaho Road and Jordan Road down in southeast Metro Denver. Awesome. So you have an opportunity to be, uh, you know, quick with it online, or you can go in like like Ray said and come in and talk to a real person and get it handled, and they're going to run you through everything you need to know about towing a camper and taking care of that. Yes, sir. That's us. All righty, Ray. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to cut to a break. You're listening to 104.3 The Fam. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. All righty, guys. Will Dykstra here in studio today covering for Terry, who is out on assignment, and I'm using the air quotes right now, um, in Minnesota. Who knows what he's doing? I imagine it involves a fishing rod. So anyhow, um, hope Terry's having a good time out this week and uh, very excited to be in studio again. I absolutely love this time of year. It's summertime. There's so much going on in Colorado and, uh, you know, we just talked to um, Michelle Subert at Bar Lake State Park, and we actually have another gal call, or, uh, calling in from a state park, and that's Jackson State Park, Lori Pruitt. How are you today? Hey, we're great out here. 
So, Lori, there's so much going on. You know, it's summertime in Colorado. A ton of things are going on. And one of the programs that, that uh, State Parks has is the interpretive program. And you guys do so many things to kind of get people up to speed as far as what's going on and maybe some activity, more activities to do uh, in the outdoors. And today we're going to talk about beekeeping. Yes. We've got some folks coming out to Jackson Lake State Park on the 14th from 9 to noon, and they're bringing all of their bee, their bee equipment, and going to give us a great educational program on what bees mean to our environment. Absolutely. You know, and it's something, you know, when we think about state parks, we think about fishing, we think about swimming, uh, water skiing, rafting, tubing, all that stuff. And something that, you know, kind of gets left out of the mix is is the fact that there's programs like this. And these are things that, that are things that you can do on your own as well. You know, if you go out there to Jackson Lake at State Park and check out this beekeeping seminar, you could keep bees and start raising honey on your own, but also be doing some cool things for the environment. Exactly. And this is a focus for all ages, so it's not just kids and adults. Um, we do have programs out here specifically focused for kids and um, to do our junior ranger program, but our adults learn just as much as our kids when they come out and visit our park. You know, it's it's funny you say that. You know, when we do a lot of programs, fishing programs, uh, that are typically generated towards kids, it's something that you realize all of a sudden the parents are paying attention as much as the kids because they want to learn about it too uh, because it might not be something they're familiar with, whether it's fishing, whether it's hiking, whether it's bird watching, And in this case with beekeeping, um, kind of gets that a lot of people have a tendency to be scared of bees, and rightfully so. You might be allergic to them, so, so there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact that we need bees in our environment, you know, to help us with everything that we're doing in our ecosystem, and the fact that you can learn about doing it and do something to help the environment is really cool. Exactly. It helps not only our farmers, but the folks that live in town and plant the flowers. And planting the right species um, really helps our bees and helps our environment thrive. Yeah, you know, it's something. So I, I knew somebody that was, not to make this about story time, but I knew somebody that was a beekeeper. And it was interesting, the different kinds of honeys or brews of honey, I don't know if that's the right phrase or not, but the different uh, colors of honey and tastes of honey you would get just from the different kinds of flowers that these bees are pollinating. And it's crazy. You know, you got dark ones, you got light ones, some are sweeter. And, and it's really interesting. There's actually a science to this. And uh, it's not just about the honey that you put on your pizza crust or, or on some toast. It's a real uh, educational experience. It certainly is. Um, definitely depends on what the bees are eating as to what the flavor of their honey is. So um, out here at Jackson Lake State Park, we're surrounded by corn and alfalfa fields. Um, so we got a lot of sweet honey coming our direction. That is awesome. And yeah, with that agricultural land close by there, um, I, I'm sure it's, it's the place you want to be if you're raising bees. Now, Jackson Lake State Park, if you're headed out there, uh, what's the best way to get out there? From Say you're coming from Denver. So if you're coming from Denver, you're going to go straight on um, northeast on I-76, and you're going to hit mile marker 66. That's going to be the second Wiggins exit. You take a left there, and you follow the brown signs directly into Jackson Lake. We're approximately an hour from Denver. We're about 45 minutes from Greeley, and we're approximately an hour from Sterling. Awesome. So something that's that you know you're going to make a day trip out of it more than likely. You could pack the fishing rods. Definitely going to be a fun experience going out there to Jackson Lake State Park. Get out, learn something about helping the environment, and uh, you know something new. So anyhow, Lori, we are up against a break. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and if you guys want to find out more information, I'm sure you can pull up stuff about Jackson Lake State Park on the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks, Lori. All right, guys. 
Up coming up next, we've got uh, Cliff Pace, 2013 Bassmaster Classic Champion, professional bass angler, going to bring us some awesome information about bass fishing in the summertime. You're listening to 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Sun Enterprises, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. All righty, guys. Will Dykstra back here in studio again on this beautiful Saturday morning here in Colorado. It is definitely full swing of summertime fishing, and I'd say it's probably like that across the entire country, all of North America. And, guys, some of the most the, or the most popular fishing that is in North America is, is bass fishing. And I have one of the top bass anglers in the world on the line right now, uh, Cliff Pace. Cliff, how are you today? I'm great. How about y'all? Good. We are doing absolutely fantastic, Cliff. Uh, for people that don't know who you are, Cliff is a the 2013 Bassmaster Classic Champion. Guys, that is the Super Bowl of bass fishing and uh, a three-time winner on the Pro Series or on the Bassmaster series, and also just a great wealth of knowledge when it comes to bass fishing. So, Cliff, you know, we talked a little bit earlier this week, and it's, you know, it's summertime here in Colorado. We've got a lot of reservoirs, uh, you know, that kind of fluctuate with their water, and people want to know what's the best way to target bass. And, you know, we got um, smallmouth bass here. We've got spots and, and a great largemouth fishery as well. But, uh, you know, what are some of your go-to tactics for summertime bass fishing? Well, you know, it's the same thing here in Mississippi. We've got, uh, we've got, we're in the middle of the summertime. Our water temperatures are probably higher than y'all's just because of where we're located. But, you know, summertime to me is, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite times to fish just because it, it gets the fish kind of, you know, the fish are coming out off the bank and they're going to normally get out, uh, get offshore. Um, there's several different approaches you can take to summertime fishing. Um, including down here, a real popular tactic is actually fishing at night. Um, you know, early in the morning, typically on most of your reservoirs, you're going to still have a, a, a early morning shallow bite. It can be fun. You have to fish on top water and things like that. And uh, as the day progresses, typically those fish are going to move out into deeper, cooler water. Um, and, you know, we catch them offshore um, on soft plastics and football head jigs and big deep diving crankbaits. And it's your typical summertime fishing stuff, you know. Um, but the good thing about it is those fish get out there and get grouped up, and you can find those little places where you can can sit in one area and just and have a good time for a long period of time. Once you find them, uh, you can catch a bunch of fish by still making the same cast oftentimes this time of the year. Absolutely. And you brought up a good point. You know, a lot of people, you know, when you're talking about bass fishing, you know, I do a lot of pike fishing, Cliff, and, and a lot of people have a tendency to fall in love with the bank and fall in love with the shoreline and not, you know, kind of miss the understanding that these fish have actually moved out to some deeper water and they are grouped up. And sometimes it's a jackpot. And a lot of times the biggest mistake people make is you know, fishing those shorelines too much. I mean, yeah, you're definitely at, at some point in time going to run into a stray fish here and there, but your pattern might not be what you expect it to be. And it's because those fish have moved off the bank. Now, when we're talking about fishing some suspended fish or some fish, uh, you know, kind of off some off the shoreline structure, your electronics play a huge part in finding these fish. Yeah, they do. You're really blind without them. Um, and, you know, that's a key point. I think something that a lot of people definitely, you know, people go fishing in their immediate response. They want to pick up a rod and a fish. But this time of the year, you're oftentimes doing yourself a huge advantage if you'll just devote, you know, the first little bit of time, especially if you're in a body of water that you're not really familiar with. Devote some time in your day to, to uh, using your electronics, island around, looking at some outside structure, you know, whether it be points or drop-offs or humps or, or looking for fish that are suspended with bait. 
uh, whatever it might be. But spend the time to, you know, when you're when you're fishing offshore, it, it, you know, you're you're really making the lake a lot bigger. So spend the time that it needs. You need to really understand what's out there and isolate what you're fishing, uh, so that you're fishing areas offshore that are more high percentage, versus just getting out in the middle of the lake and making a whole bunch of casts and hoping you get lucky. Yeah, you know, and that's a huge point. And, you know, we do have, you know, Colorado especially, we have a lot of shore anglers as well. And something you said earlier, you know, this time of year, uh, night fishing can be dynamite. And, and one of those night fishing techniques that I love, and, and I know you love it too, is is, is fishing some kind of slow-moving topwater at night. And that's something that you can actually do really effective from the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of different nighttime techniques that work. Um, normally, you just, you know, you want to get a bait that is going to be slower-moving, and then a bite that's going to be typically larger in size, and it's going to make some kind of disturbance, whether that's either you know top water commotion or um, the vibration of like a big single Colorado bladed spinnerbait or a big ten inch uh, worm fished on the bottom slow. Uh, but you know the name of the game for night fishing typically is going to be you know darker colors and slower moving, uh, just to give those fish a chance because you know. The fish are losing their visibility just like we are, but what they have that we don't have is their lateral line senses. So you want to give those fish, you know, the ability to use their senses outside of sight to locate and 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 strike your lure. And night fishing can be a ton of fun; it really can, um, and it does definitely give your your shoreline anglers an opportunity to access fish that may be unaccessible during the day because they do go out into the deep water during the day, but they're going to come into the shallows at night to feed. And uh, you can definitely take advantage of that just by, you know, by by using some techniques that are appropriate for that. And you're right, a, a big black topwater bait at nighttime um, can be an absolutely thrilling way to catch maybe even the fish of a lifetime. Oh, there's no question about it. You just you just brought up a point I was about to say is the fact that a lot of people, you know, they think about night fishing. They think, well, if we're night fishing, I should probably use something that stands out. And there's not a better color that stands out in the darkness than black. You know, those darker colors that actually you're not looking for fish to be seeing the color. You're looking for the silhouette, and that's what those fish are keying in on. Absolutely that, and you want to make sure you're using a bait that produces a lot of vibration, you know. Um if you're going to use a spinnerbait, is a wonderful nighttime bait, and I really like a, you know, like a half ounce spinnerbait with just one big Colorado blade on it. Even a black Colorado blade with a black skirt is probably absolutely my favorite color combination at night. Um, darker top working baits, and and you know not only that, but your soft plastics will still definitely work at night. Um, I actually, you know, found a lot of success over the years fishing like Carolina rigs and things like that in shallower water, just because. You know that sinker on the bottom creates a lot of disturbance and you know, puts you a creature bait like a like a, a a black creature bait or a black a big black curl tail worm or something like that behind a Carolina rig and fish it in that shallower water at nighttime and uh, the disturbance that, that sinker makes will attract those fish to it and you're right black is and always has been it is absolutely the color at nighttime for sure. Yeah, there's no question about it. Don't get too hung up on trying to find a bright color because they're they're actually not going to key in on that quite as much as they will with that dark silhouette that you get with a darker color like a black. Um, Keith or uh, Cliff, now listen up here. We are very excited about what's happening this week at ICAST, and I am really excited to talk about your pacemaker series of rods through Temple Fork Outfitters. It's it's been a, it's a line of rods that you literally put your name on, and it's got every single action that you need to target bass. It does. It's a it's a bass fishing technique specific series of rods that um, I worked with TFO for a good while, maybe eighteen months to create. Um, and it is our TFO pacemaker series of rods. 
they are specifically made and designed by me um, to be to be the absolute perfect rod that you would want for any varying bass techniques that you might have um, from finesse fishing with a six foot ten spinner rod and a drop shot and six pound test line to flipping high scent mats with a two ounce tungsten weight and a six alt hook and eighty pound test braid. We've pretty much got the entire spectrum covered. Um, it, it's been a it's been a very very time consuming project, but a project that I feel like we've completed um, very effectively. I think we truly have a rod in our line that fits all applications or any application any any bass angler might you know run across. Absolutely, you know, and and for me, Cliff. When we're talking about, you know, what I said, like I said earlier, I, I do a lot of pike fishing, and actually that's how I make my living is, is I'm a fishing guide here in Colorado. And, you know, that, those the pacemaker series of rods are actually the rods that are on the deck of my boat uh, for a number of reasons. They got enough strength. You know, basically, I, I guess I should backtrack. We of The pike fishing that we do here, it's very similar to bass-style fish. We're throwing a lot of spinner baits. We're throwing um, some swim right. baits, some soft right. plastics. and. You know, there's literally I can throw great big swim baits that we'd be throwing for pike or muskies on um, the on one of the pacemaker series of rods. And, absolutely, and, absolutely. You know, rods are really built and designed around the baits that they're intended to be used, not necessarily just the species. Um, so you you make a valid point. You you can definitely take a TFO pacemaker and use it. You know, I do a lot of inshore saltwater fishing. Uh, for speckled trout and redfish, and I use my TFO placemakers for those, you know, for those species as well. So they're definitely not just a rod that's limited to catching bass, obviously, um, but they're really built more on the techniques. And if the techniques cross over, like you just say, you use little spinning baits and crankbaits and swim baits, well, we use all those same techniques to catch bass, and we use those same techniques to catch speckled trout and redfish here on the delta. So any, if the techniques cross over, the species of fish are going to cross over as well. Absolutely. You know, we're catching last year, we caught a pike that was pushing 30 pounds on a buzz bait on a medium heavy action rod. And that rod has more than enough uh, backbone, not only to, to get that fish to the net, but also to set the hook into a big toothy critter like that as well. So, you know, Cliff, like you said, having a rod that can literally do everything is important, but also having rods that can do specific things, fishing the baits that you're looking to fish are definitely something you want to look into having. Absolutely. All righty, Cliff. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. If people want to follow you on social media or learn more about you, uh, where can they find out more about Cliff Pace? Um, there's all kind of stuff at Cliff Pace Fishing um, on Facebook. That's probably the best place. And I also have pages on Instagram. And, um, you know, we're posting some stuff constantly. And not only just through my pages, but also through my other sponsor pages. You can find stuff about me on TSO's Facebook page and social media, as well as all my other sponsors. So, it's uh, it's not hard to find stuff uh, in the fishing world nowadays. Thank goodness for social media. We all kind of get to stay connected. Absolutely, and it's definitely made a better fisherman out of just about everybody just by having all of the resources of, of pros like you at our fingertips to uh, bounce questions off of and learn from. So, Cliff, again, thank you so much for coming on. Look forward to uh, chatting with you this coming week at ICAST, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, hope to see you there. All righty. Thanks, Cliff. Alrighty, guys, that was Cliff Pace, uh, again, 2013 Bassmaster Classic Champion. We're up against a break. You're listening to 104.3 The Fan.